What's the latest on the future for Kareem Hunt? Which Jaguar should be the play in Week 13? And what receiver, coming off an injury, might be a sneaky good play this week? Plus, the 27th place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, Scott Willis, drops by to talk about his tight end by committee approach and some advice he has for some rookie FPC players. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, when laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. Me and you tonight, we're going to make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease. He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks so much, Rob. Salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzakin addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show has Spencer, excuse me, has Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware, as I, even I'm in, in disbelief of what's taken place over the last six hours, has Kareem Hunt played his last down of his NFL career, the NFC East running back that you might want to get in your lineups, and Scott Willis joins us to talk about how he has managed his team into the top 30 of the 2018 FPC competition. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so. The show is at HSFFHour. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. And Scott is, of course, at Fantasy Marcel R. Uh, you can uh, post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFFHour. 347-426-3682 is the number if you want to talk with us tonight. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Football at gmail.com is the email address. If you have any questions for myself, for Dave, for Scott, for anyone, post them in the chat room. Send them right now. Uh, and we'll do our best to get to the uh, to all of them in the fantasy feedback segment coming up uh, at the back end of the show. Um, producer, mutual friend Rob, audio engineer is Bryce. Dave, it's it's been crazy. Well, like you said, the last six hours, you, you're still kind of getting used to what's going on with uh, the Chiefs running back situation, the impact it's going to have on fantasy leagues not only this year but dynasty leagues as well. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, you remember anything no, like this no, happening? Where it's it's been like a first round pick that in the span of six hours they they went from having immense fantasy value to no fantasy value. Yeah, on a redraft basis. Um, on a redraft no, basis. No, yeah. I don't. This is uh, this is kind of a first. And, and when it comes in the same year with Le'Veon Bell never reporting, you know what I mean? Just it, it, two two landmines right at the at the in the first round of drafts this year. Stud running backs uh, that that. Uh, well, wow. Hunt, I mean, Hunt did get you to the playoffs, and all they I mean. That is a really true. Good shot of getting there. 230 points in 11 weeks of playing after week 12, and he had the bye week. So you put up a ton of points. If you have wear, or if you have a deep, if you have you know depth, you could still be in all right shape. But I mean, it's really hard to replace whatever he was averaging per game. Let's say 25, yeah. 26 points a game. It's just almost impossible to replace that. We're going to get into much more in the Kareem Hunt conversation uh, throughout the show tonight. It won't. It won't just be something we touch on right now. We'll get into it. Uh, with our guest as well as, as Scott Willis is set to join us in just a couple of uh, minutes here, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to remind everybody that there was a new uh, Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown uh, that you can check out at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Michael Cobb, a longtime uh, uh, FFPC player who um, won the Football Guys Players Championship regular season points title last year, going away, really crushed it last year. Uh, we talked to, to him uh, about... Um, a lot of dynasty stuff. We talked about a, a lot of stuff of, of how you prep these rosters as you pr- prepare for the, the championship round sprint, uh, the, the numbers of, of each position he likes to have on his team. Uh, and then, of course, a bunch of starts. It's uh, great to pick that guy's brain. Uh, he loves talking about it. I enjoy talking about it with him. Oh, you, are, you had this already? Yeah. 
Did you guys talk about how he hated Christian McCaffrey for the longest period? We of time? did not talk about that. You know, what we you did. Well, I should have. Oh, I wish I could have. Asked you know, what we did talk about Dave, and and I didn't even bring it up. Michael brought it up that the Gridiron Legends trade that, of course, he and John Duckworth co-own a team in that league, and the trade offer, and Michael copped to it. He said, "Look, this wasn't even Duckworth who sent this to you." but they offered me Marquise Lee and James White for Jordy Nelson before the season started. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes I get them wrong, so you're welcome for that. And I said, you know, that's the only reason I'm clinging to the last playoff spot in that league right now because of that white trade. So, yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Anyway, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, Great stuff from Michael Cobb. Let's bring in tonight's guest, uh, everybody. He's uh, been playing fantasy football for more than two decades and the Football Guys Players Championship since its inception now with just – Four weeks left to go in the season. He has managed one of his squads in that contest to 27th place overall. He joins us now to talk about that and so much more. Please welcome into the program Scott Willis. Scott, thanks so much for joining us on the show tonight. How are you doing, guys? Are you there? Oh, yeah, you are coming through uh, loud and clear. Unfortunately, we are too. Uh, but we'll, hopefully we'll let you have the, the majority of the conversation. Uh, and uh, before, don't call it Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'll do what I can to, to keep my mouth shut. It obviously doesn't always work. Scott, before we get into uh, fantasy, uh, can you tell the listeners what you do for a living? I work at a golf course, and I'm one of the guys that drives a picker around, picks up the range balls, cleans the carts, just uh, pretty much whatever needs to be done. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that too. So, so, and and Scott, you are you live over on the uh, on the west coast, is that correct? Yeah, San Diego area. Oh, okay. So, you know, awful, oh, awful scenery, horrible weather. Weather's that coming seventy. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I was like, you it know, the course basically. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That that had to be that had to be absolutely <laughs> brutal. Uh, we're dealing with snow and ice up here already in November in northeast Wisconsin. It's it's a wonderful time to be alive. Uh, Scott, Dave's going to ask you about Christian McCaffrey in a second here, but as long as all this stuff just happened with Kareem Hunt, we'll kind of get your opinion on it. Obviously, Spencer Ware uh, is is the guy to own right now. Did you put any bids in on, on Damian Williams tonight be, before you came on when you saw the news, or, or is this just sort of Spencer Ware's show now for the next four weeks? You know what? I... Damien, I would have put a bid in for him, but I'm pretty much out of money in uh, in my leagues, so um, I did not. And pretty much where it was taken, and everyone uh, also, I just looked uh, inquire about that. But uh, yeah, so I, I didn't do anything. I, well, I, I and I think that's the majority too. I mean, like I I I. I wanted to place some bids on Damian Williams, too. But you're also talking about, like, the backup to the backup, the guy behind the guy, Dave. And I didn't have a whole lot of money left either, and nor did I really have roster spots for, you know, that type of luxury right now. So I have wear in a couple of spots. We'll see what happens uh, going forward. But there is a guy, unlike Kareem Hunt, who is not a first-round bust this year that has been massive, and Scott got him in the second round, Dave. Yeah, that's Christian McCaffrey we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, He had almost a 50-burger last week. You took him at the 206 on your 27th place team. Uh, he's showing no signs of stopping. You know, we even made fun of who was it, Riverboat Ron, making. He was talking about the 25 to 30 touches. Yeah, yep. He's trying to get him that. Yeah, crazy. Trying to split him right in half. So where do you think McCaffrey uh, gets picked next year in the redraft? Oh, I'm guessing right now he's going to be a uh, top six pick, probably in that three to six area. But you know, there might be a a team or two that takes them like at the one spot, but I'm I'm guessing if you want them, you're going to have to have a top six there. He, and Dave, you know, we talked about how much he climbed up draft boards this year. You know, towards the towards the end, I mean, he he could be climbing again. To he could be one of those rare guys that like is going like the six or seven pick, and then people vaulting him up to like two or three. I mean, I I I'd probably take him top three. Do you, right now you would really? Yeah, I mean, he has an insanely high floor. Yeah. I mean, higher floor because all the catches. Yeah, he could almost set the, the receptions record. I mean, it, he's a fantastic head-to-head, you know, from you're playing head-to-head matches, he's great. Yeah, yeah, no, you could be right. What's the upside? I mean, how many running backs can get 50 points? If you can't catch 8 to 10 receptions, you it's almost impossible to get a 50-point game or a 40-plus point game. You just need, like, three touchdowns. So, uh, you know, there's other running backs that do that as well, but not to his not to his level not yeah no you are you are absolutely correct uh on that for sure uh scott uh willis joining us uh, on the show tonight 27th overall in the football guys players championship scott and after delaney walker went down on this team you you sort of were behind the eight ball when it when it came to tight ends i I looked at the transactions 
that you've made throughout the season. You fired a lot of darts at this position. So now as you enter uh, league championship uh, weekend here in the Football Guys Players Championship, obviously the sprint coming up uh, right after that, you go to battle with Johnny Smith, Tyler Higby, Dallas Goddard. I know it's probably not an ideal situation for you, but how do you feel overall about that position given uh, the Walker injury? I mean, it is what it is. I don't feel great about it. But, uh, I mean, John New Smith, he, he definitely has some uh, big upside. Uh, Higby, he's going to get a few more targets now that uh, Cooper Cup went down. And uh, Godart, he's just uh, – he's, he's up and down. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to need some luck at that position, too, to have a chance for the big money. But um, we'll, we'll see what I can do. Dave, the one thing I do like about uh, Scott's tight ends here, you look at him, Smith, Higby, and Goddard, it's like, you know, they're kind of unknowns, right? Uh, they, they haven't produced consistently throughout the season, but they all, in my opinion, have that potential to explode uh, in the final three weeks, especially if Ertz goes down, you know Goddard uh, could be special. Johnu Smith flashed that athletic ability on the one play uh, on Monday Night Football, and then for whatever reason, the Mariota never went back to him. And then, obviously, you know, we saw what Tyler Higby was capable of, even with Gerald Everett blowing up, too. And uh, as Scott mentioned, no Cooper Cup the rest of the year. So there is the potential there. I think you did about as good as you could. Um, there's another injury situation that we'll be watching for the four-week sprint as well as we move to Los Angeles, Dave. Yeah, so you have Melvin Gordon this week. You, uh, it looks like you have Austin Eckler on your team, and he's in your lineup. Uh, what type of expectations do you have on Sunday night uh, against the Steelers? I think he's going to do pretty good. He's going to catch some balls, but, um, I mean, for him to blow up, he's going to need to get in the end zone one, two, hoping three times. But uh, I think he's going to do pretty good. He's, he's a good football player. He is good. And, 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 and I don't know if you have any feelings, um, Scott, on Justin Jackson, because I know he got, he got some love off the waiver wire uh, this past week when, when it was announced that, that Melvin Gordon is probably going to miss, you know, probably more than one week. Um, I, I don't know how you how you see that split going between Eckler, I guess, it, and Jackson. I guess it may not make a difference since uh, um, you have uh, you, you have um, Eckler, you know, slated for a good fantasy output. It doesn't really matter too much what Jackson is going to do because of that pass those pass catching chops that Austin Eckler has flashed. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Eckler's had some pretty good games this year where uh, Gordon's got just the majority of the work anyway. So just uh, get, letting uh, Justin Jackson get into a little bit of the uh, work, that, that's fine. I, I think he'll do all right. Dave, do you think, what, what do you think that split's going to be like? For, not, not necessarily touch, but like if, you were, if I was to say fantasy production from the Chargers running backs, do you slate it like 80% of it to Eckler, 20% to Jackson? Is that fair? Or how, how do you see the touches working out while Gordon is, is out? That's fair, um, about 80-20. 80-20? Yeah, it seems well right. I mean, Jackson, to me, has almost no value. And Eckler, actually, is he's a really solid player. Once again, a great pass-catching back. So he really is a, it's quite solid as a, as a replacement. Ten catches last week, and that was a game where Melvin Gordon played, you know, the majority of the game, and, and Eckler still came up with, with ten catches. So certainly a, a player that you'll want, as Farrell Elliott, the KFFSC commissioner, would say, a player you want to be in business with. Uh, your FBC teams this year, uh, Scott, as I, as I looked at them, you were done drafting by July 6th. You, you drafted a bunch of them, but they were all basically 4th of July uh, you know, prior to that, and then you were done. This team that's in 27th was drafted on June 23rd. You know, we're talking about like a month and a half or whatever it is be, before the uh, – or no, excuse me, um, two and a half months before the season starts. For you, why was drafting early more important than drafting late, and why did you cho- choose to avoid those later drafts this year? Well, I mean, I either like to draft really early or really late, like within a day to a few days before the season starts. Uh, when you draft early, there's a lot of guys in there that have experience and they're tough to draft against. But you can you can find people like uh, like I got James Conner in the 16th round. You're not going to find that when the season uh, is about to begin. So there's the pros and cons. But uh, I either like either or really late or uh, really not, not too much in between. Yeah, and I always like to, you know, think that when, when you draft early, there is so much very, you know, 
there's information that's out there if you can find it. I mean, you really got to look for it, but it can be so valuable if you find it. But then I think as the season gets closer and closer, um, th that information becomes pretty um, available to everybody uh, throughout the drafting community. It's not very difficult to come across. But I think if you work a little bit harder in the early part of the season, uh, you can definitely stumble on some guys. And, and James Conner is a perfect example of that and, and how valuable he's been for you as a 16th-round pick. Uh, no question that uh, that is an advantage of drafting early. Dave was a big fan in the uh, dynasty drafting rookie season of DJ Moore and started off slow, but he's actually come on. Now there's an issue, though, Dave, as Devin Funches might be gumming up the works come this Sunday. Yeah, so this question is whether or not Devin Funches is going to actually impact DJ Moore. Funches was a man who was getting most of the targets until uh, you know, Moore started coming on. Funches had that one game where I think he had five targets. Couldn't catch a cold. It was at Detroit. Uh, he was just awful. He was going back to Michigan, right? Where was this the drops where he had all the drops? Yeah, five yeah. Four drops out of five targets. Yeah, that was, was nasty. And, you know, some quarterbacks, I mean, you know, I don't know if Cam is one of those. They just won't throw to people who just keep dropping passes. It seems like Rodgers is one of those types. Um, so anyway, make this uh, long question longer. What do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, there's two different types of players. I think uh, I'm facing more on on two uh, games this week, so I hope he kind of has an off week. But um, I don't think Funches is going to uh, have too much to do with that. But, you know, I, I'm hoping. I mean, DJ Moore is a player I think uh, you want to get, especially in Dynasty. I think he's going to be pretty good. I was excited um, to, you know, I had one league uh, Kentucky Dynasty rookie draft, Dave, and I needed running backs uh, bad in that league. And um, Biplab Mandel, our good buddy, um, was teasing me because he picked right before me. And uh, he's like, I'm going to get that last good running back. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And I'm like, you know what? You get him, you get him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking the bait and making the deal. You have the summon pick or something. So he, yeah, so he took Ronald Jones. And then the, I'm like, all right, well, whatever. And then the pick after, I took D.J. Moore. <laughs> not really regretting that. <laughs> That's funny. What I am kind of regretting mm -hmm. is that I picked D.J. Moore instead of guys like Nick Chubb and Carrion Johnson. Chubb was still out there at the summer. Chubb was still out there, yeah. That's surprising. But, I mean, you know, I wouldn't regret that. I mean, Chubb, Chubb looks great. But, honestly, like, I, mean, I, I own Chubb, and I think in, in Grenier Legends, I would honestly have considered still trading him for more. I think that when you look at the long-term dynasty value, I know running backs are super valuable. More, I think, is, again, I think he's a superstar player, but that, again, you know, you know that's my opinion. Well, every time I, I start regretting it, I just go back and look at what D.J. Moore's metrics were, were and, and what he did at the Combine, and I, I start feeling a little bit better about myself. highest Roto-Villas phenom score of all time. Yeah. And, and I'll just I'll just hang my hat on that and 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 move on. Uh, Football guys players championship twenty seventh place team owner on the show tonight. It is Scott Willis. He is talking about his team. He's talking about uh, really the championship sprint in general. And and you know it's league title weekend. Obviously we we got to get that out of the way. There's gonna be a lot of cash awarded this weekend. A lot on the line. But then after that. Oh, boy, buckle up, because it is three weeks of insanity. It is three weeks of excitement. It is three weeks of uh, craziness uh, after. And, and for anybody, Scott, who has never been in the championship round before, who is in the championship round this year, and, and we could speak, you know, the FPC as well as the FFPC main event, the lineup decisions get magnified. And, and obviously, you spend more time weighing do I go with this guy? Do I go with that guy? What's the best piece of advice that you can give these inexperienced players who are who have so much on the line for the very first time in their high-stakes careers? What's the best piece of advice you can give them at this point of the year? Uh, I would just play with the uh, guys that kind of got you there. I wouldn't look at the matchups too much. Don't try to overthink it. Uh, I remember last year I had a pretty good team, and I uh, Hunt was slowing down, and I pulled him out, and I put in uh, Marvin Jones, and it was like a 20-point difference. So uh, I would just don't overthink it. Just uh, play the guys uh, that got you there mainly. This is, this is good advice. Well, I mean, I feel like I've always adopted that advice too, Dave, because I always feel like when, I, when I'm setting my lineups, if I'm starting who I think has the, is the best talent, who is my best player, and he doesn't perform and somebody on my bench – uh, outperforms them. I usually don't feel too sick about it because it's just like, well, I want to die with my best guys out there. They didn't get it done. It is what it is. That's sort of been my attitude about it. Is that the way you feel, or do you feel like you you um, you sometimes overthink these lineup decisions the last few weeks of the year? 
Well, I've definitely overthought plenty of lineup decisions. I mean, it happens. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you try and search for most talented players, but you still do always have to look at matchups. And wide receiver, and this gets to the next question, the quarterback suit, you know, is really super important. I mean, you have to have a quarterback that's throwing it, uh, that's, that's competent, you know, like a Big Ben type player, a Cam Newton type player. Those are the types of guys you want throwing. Now, Tyler uh, Boyd gets Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. We didn't think we'd be talking about him. A.J. Green's also. A.J. Green is back. Actually, A.J. Green had helped Boyd earlier in the season because he drew a lot of coverage. And Driscoll, Driscoll actually was pretty good. Um, Scott, what do you think about Tyler Boyd? Do you, look, do you consider starting him still? I would. He did pretty good last week. And then uh, I think he had one uh, long catch that got called back, too, on a penalty. So, uh, I mean, I, I would play him. The guy I would be more worried about is uh, A.J. Green coming off his uh, – the injury, but uh, Boyd, yeah, I would play him. Yeah, I mean, Boyd, and, and you make a good point, Scott. He was great, you know, even at the start of the year with, with A.J. Green out there. Now, it's it's a home matchup against Denver. I should have had – I don't have the total up. I'm kind of curious what that, what, what that total would be I'll on the game. You're going to look it up. Thank you very much. So I'll just make my point about Boyd. Um, you talk about – Scott already brought this up. You talk about playing the players that, that got you here. More than likely, if you have Tyler Boyd on your team, he's been in your lineup the majority of the season. And I don't think now is the time to go running away from him just because A.J. Green, who, by the way, I'm not convinced is 100% healthy, uh, is going to come back in, 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 uh, in this game and, and all of a sudden be a godsend. So I, I think Boyd does make a good start. I think he is a guy that, that if you've been relying on him so far, uh, you should continue to rely on him. Uh, Denver five and forty-five, and even someone challenged the math and figured out to be twenty-five to twenty is the projected score there. Oh, there you go. Are you challenged with math? No. No. Oh, okay. I'm awesome at math. Yeah. yeah. You just exhibited it. Up, up to basic algebra. Uh, let's uh, see how awesome I am at reading because I have a couple of emails here for you, uh, Scott, that came in this afternoon. Um, Mike in Rochester, New York. He writes some. Um, oh, this is interesting. Hey, Scott, when you're setting lineups for title games, do you ever make decisions based on what your opponent has started, or do you only look at trying to submit your best lineup no matter what? Thanks, man. That's Mike in Rochester, New York. You know, I sometimes I've, I've been guilty of this where I see if I have a potentially a wide receiver that's a fringe guy, but my wide receiver is going to be catching passes from him, his quarterback. Sometimes I like to start him uh, to sort of neuter the quarterback position there. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you ever look at your opponent's lineup, or is it just strictly, I can't control what he does, I'm going to control what I can do? I look at their lineups, but um, I just kind of uh, try to go with what I can control. Uh, and I'll look at it just so I'll, I'll, I know who who I'm going up against that week. Um, but um, I, I try not to let it affect me. I think that's good advice too, Dave. Like you don't want to get too cute with it. Sometimes I think that can be getting too cute when you're looking at, um, you know, you, you sort of, you start up, not only are you battling that team, you start battling yourself a little bit when it comes to it uh, as well. So good advice there from you, Scott. Uh, one other email let's get to. Um, it is from Aaron in Painesville, Ohio. What's up, Scott? FPC league title on the line this week, Jared Cook at home against the Chiefs or Jarvis Landry at Houston. That is Aaron in Painesville, Ohio. Thanks for the emails, guys. Which way would you roll? Obviously, tight end premium league. Is, is that enough to get Cook to start over Landry? He's been strugg- Landry's been struggling uh, the last few weeks. Which one would you be playing if you were Aaron? I, I'd go Cook. I, I mean, the, the, the Raiders are going to have to score a lot of points. The Chiefs are going to score points. And uh, Cook's been their best receiver. So, I mean, I'd roll the dice to go with Cook. You're with that, uh, Dave, uh, Cook over Landry in, in a football guy's uh, format? This is uh, not Cooks, huh? Not Cooks. Jared <laughs> Cook, tight end, not Brandon Cook's receiver. Dang it. That's uh, hopeful. Okay, well, obviously you'd be playing Cooks over Landry. Would you play Cook over Landry? Uh, who's open playing? I'm sorry. Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Landry has been struggling. You know, and say what you will about Kareem Hunt, Chiefs are still going to put up points, and the Raiders are going to have to 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 throw to keep up in that game. Tight end premium score. I'll just reveal my like. I'm playing Jar uh, Jared playing Jarvis Cook. I'm playing Jared Cook over Jarvis Landry, no question. Landry is just it's not a good matchup for him. He's it's been insane. I think it was like eight out seven of his last eight games he's failed the top 50 receiving yards some some I might be making that stat up but it's something close to that he had the big week seven and outside of that it's been really bad for Jarvis Landry 
Yeah, you make good points. I guess I probably would have to lean Cook. You convince me. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, who, and who's healthy for Oakland? I guess Jordy Nelson will be out there, but there's no Amari Cooper, Martavis Bryant on IR. Yeah, I mean, the game could be 41 to zip, though. This could be the Yeah, game. that's, yeah, I guess you I mean, do. I mean, the team has got awful. They're, you know, and at least the, the Cleveland game, and by the way, I'm going to give you a little inside information. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say this. Anyway, all right, so I was talking to a person who may or may not be involved with, uh, you know, the Texans, and he said that they were, uh, they're partying pretty hard after the victory. Uh, really? On Monday night. So I, hey, if I was a betting person, I might have to take the Browns plus five and a half this week, just because I think that uh, maybe Houston's, you know, they're they're coming down off that high, and Cleveland's, you know, Cleveland's an up and coming team. They got rid of their awful coach Hugh Jackson. So uh, I don't know. I'm not saying Landry's a great start. I'm just thinking I, I, I kind of like Cleveland to keep that game pretty competitive. Yeah. And if they do, Landry will probably be some, you know, a part of it. Yeah. We have a, uh, a question coming in from the uh, from the chat room tonight, uh, Scott. It is from uh, our good buddy uh, Wash guy. He wants to know, and we actually have an email similar to this coming up, but I'll, I'll do his right now. He has a flex question. Does he go with uh, Josh Adams, who is playing against? I believe he's playing against Washington on Monday Night Football. Does he go with him, or does he play David Moore, the uh, wide receiver from Seattle? taking on the 49ers this week. Which guy would make it in your lineup if you had to pick between those two? Between those two, I'd go Josh Adams. Adams, I mean, even... He's a quasi-feature back. Yeah, and it's even more, like, I don't know what it is with those Seattle receivers. They seem to be so touchdown dependent, but they're getting touchdowns. That's because they never get more than four catches a game because Wilson throws the ball like 22 times. Right, yeah. So there you go. You're kind of stuck. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, if Moore doesn't get a touchdown, even if – here's the thing. Even if Moore does get a touchdown, Josh Adams could still outscore him. And, and so I think I think the play is Adams this and week. That's my own pipe in saying you can't play more with uh, Baldwin and Lockett both healthy. I'm not convinced Baldwin is healthy. I mean, he's healthy-ish. He's probably the most healthy he's been all year. I still think that that knee thing is is bad. Uh, Tyler Lockett's another guy. Just insane efficiency when it came to touchdowns this year. He's catching, like – He's got eight scores, and I don't even know. I, like on like forty catches or something like that. It's it's crazy. Yeah, whenever are. someone says it's a hot, super high efficiency player, it means to me I want I want to bench him because it means they're not yeah. enough targets. Yeah, not always. But yeah. but you know what? He's still the scoring touchdowns. I don't know how he does it, but but yeah. but he does. Um, Dave Scott's been very gracious with his time. We do want to ask him our favorite question, the most important question, <laughs> the question that changes lives here on the show before we let him go off and to enjoy his Friday night. Yeah, so what should be my purpose in life? Okay, wait, <laughs> that's, uh, that's another good right, that's, <laughs> You're going to have to add that one on. <laughs> All right, sorry, Scott. Uh, give, us, uh, give us a guy that you think a lot of high-stakes players will be starting this week that should probably not be in their lineups. Can't they hunt? And also a sleeper that deserves to be in lineups this week. I'm going to say... I don't trust uh, Sony Michelle. He had a good game last week, but you got somebody else. I might, I might uh, put him in over Michelle. And then a player that um, is not going to be in the lineup that probably should be. I, th- I think Rashad Penny, if you have him uh, on your on your team, I think he's going to have a good week. You know, Brian Schottenheimer came out and said, and we'll get. I think we got something uh, later on in the show about this, but he actually said, you know, they expect Rashad Penny to have a big week this week, and, and against San Francisco that is certainly possible, especially with no Reuben Foster on that team uh, chasing him down sideline to sideline. So I think Rashad Penny is an interesting guy. Hey, selfishly, I'm going to ask you this, guy because it's a decision I have to make in one of my leagues. New England is taking on Minnesota, uh, I believe from Foxborough this week. Uh, I know they're taking on Minnesota. I think it's a home, yeah, it is a home game for the Pats. I have to make a decision. I'm, I can only play one of these guys. Would you rather play James White or would you pr- rather play Sony Michelle? Which Patriots running back do you like better? Uh, I've got James White. Dave, are you with with uh, with Scott on that? James White over Sony Michelle this week? I would probably start Michelle. You go Michelle. Why do you, now? Why would you go Michelle? I'm curious. Um, is it the goal line aspect? Is it? Yeah, he's been getting. I mean, he has been getting more carries. I know that White. What do you have? Eight for seventy something last week. Um, I, I just, uh, you know, Burke has back too. I just don't. I think that Michelle is their kind of their preferred first line back. Yeah. And uh, I just, I don't know. For some reason, I just like him better. I think his talent level is like vastly superior to James White. And Scott, you, I'm assuming you like White just because of the sheer amount of, of catches he's been getting this year. Yeah. Yeah. That. That. Uh, reason why I would do it, correct? 
All right, fellas. Well, thanks. That doesn't help me at all. Why don't you say in white? Why don't you say in Michelle? I'm going to pull the chat room here. Actually, I'm secretly going to go with whatever you say, Scott, because you are 27th overall <laughs> in the Football Guys Players Championship. Right, here it comes. And Dave is not. Scott, listen, uh, it's been a tremendous season for you thus far. Uh, I hope it can be an even better one. Uh, good luck in your league title game this weekend. Good luck in the uh, Football Guys Players Championship championship round. Hopefully you'll be cashing a big check at the end of the year. We certainly enjoyed talking with you tonight. Thank you so much for coming on. Best of luck to you the rest of the way, and enjoy your weekend in San Diego, my friend. Thank you, guys. I enjoyed it. Have a good night, all right? Scott Willis, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Scott, for popping on tonight. 27th place in the Football Guys Players Championship as we head in to League Title Weekend. Just real quick, Tony Michelle had uh, 21 rushes last year, two targets, two catches on three uh, on two targets. James White had eight rushes and one catch on five targets, so he only had nine touches last week. So it's a little bit no. No, great. It's one week. Yeah, it's different. Um, yeah, the Vikings are a home favorite. They're only a five-point favorite. I'm actually a little surprised that they're that low of a favorite. And uh, I don't know. No, the Viking, the Patriots are the Patriots favorite. Patriots are five points. What what's the total on that game? Do you have that? I think it's forty-seven. Ah, that seems low. Doesn't it seem low to you? Yeah, let me just I feel like that should be like, you know, 50 plus. In other words, I would be taking the over, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> at, at 47 this weekend. I'm sorry, my apologies. It's 49 and a half. All right. Well, that's, uh, I'm going to have to tease it down now and, uh, <laughs> and go from there, uh, apparently. Uh, let's get into um, to the Fantasy Flash uh, tonight. This is a little bit dated um, because of, you know, this, this evolving situation with, uh, with Kareem Hunt, with Spencer Ware, uh, in the uh, in the backfield with with uh, this video that came out from TMZ of him uh, assaulting this young lady at the Cleveland Hotel, just a unbelievable story. Um, Dan Graziano on Twitter is the one who reported that the Chiefs have indeed cut Kareem Hunt. He is no longer a part of their football team. A zero tolerance policy on domestic violence from Kansas City. Uh, again, as the uh, aforementioned video was posted uh, to TMZ today. Now, it didn't sound like Hunt was going to be playing again the rest of the year anyway because he probably wasn't moving off that commissioner-exempt list. Uh, but Kansas City is not wanting to deal with any of the, um, you know, the fallout of, of keeping him on the roster as he is gone. He was a third-round pick last year. Uh, he led the league in rushing as a rookie and obviously had a banana season as going, as Dave uh, had alluded to earlier. Um, this is... Uh, Great news, I guess, for Spencer Ware from a fantasy standpoint. Um, I, there's not much really to say here. I, I guess, Dave, if you got Spencer Ware on your team, you got to find a way to get him uh, into your lineups this week. I mean, he's, to me, he's a top 12 running back. I guess. I'm just too – I'm so sad about him. Do you not want to talk about it? We can move on. We don't I don't want to talk, talk about, about it. it. I'm, I'm so sad. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to move on, Spencer Ware. Uh, you know, I don't – Top 12 running back, that's, to me, it's a little bit optimistic. I mean, I just don't think he's that great of a back. I mean, he really isn't. And you still have to have the count. You can't just throw any Tom, Dick, or Harry or Gus Edwards in there and kill it. Well, I guess <laughs> Tom, Dick, Tom, Dick, Harry, or Gus. Gus, yeah, Gus. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, we've seen Spencer where he does have a propensity to get hurt. I think the Damian Williams ads make a lot of sense for yeah. people. Um, but, you know, if you, if you have to start him and you have your choices, yeah, you start him. You start him over Guys right lower, like Sterling Shepherds or any, you know, any of those like, kind of crap. Yeah. You know, like a Jarvis Landry or whatever. Well, okay, but let, let's get back to the running back. So we just talked about the Patriots running backs. Would you be playing him over James White or Sony Michelle this week? Is he that good? <laughs> because, I, would, I, mean, I, would, I would start him over White for sure, and Michelle I'd have to think about it a little bit further. Because he, I, I he has the whole backfield to himself, and it's a great offense. I'd probably have to, consider, I'd probably have to think that I would do that. Yeah. yeah. He has flashed in the past. I mean, we, we've seen some, some pretty good moments from Spencer Ware. And it, I think the big knock on him, as, as you alluded to, he just can't stay on the field. Yeah, he's always, I mean, he's been solid, and he's always split time whenever he's gotten time out there, too. So. Right. And we'll see if, if he splits with Damian Williams. Wouldn't that be an interesting thing? Although that hasn't really seen, seemed to be that in the Andy Reid way as far as splitting the backfield up. And the game situation is going to be really good. They should be running the whole second half and all that. And, and, that, and that was my point of why I think he is a top 12 guy this week because you, you made a great point. It could be for a 41 nothing type game. And, and I think Spencer Ware is going to get a lot of looks. He's obviously got fresh tread on the tires as he hasn't been taking hits all season long. So – I think there is something to be said for uh, for that as well uh, for Spencer Ware moving forward uh, at least for this week and uh, and we can move. Uh, I'll, I'll, 
let's just touch on this briefly just for our dynasty owners. Kareem Hunt and Dynasty. I don't know if I'd give up a fourth-round pick for him right now. Well, I would for sure. Really? 100%. I, I, I am, I'd, pay, I'd pay a second. No one's selling him for a second. I think he's, he's coming. He'll be back eventually. Okay, but not with the Chiefs. Man, I would man. say the odds are against what, what, what about this? What about this? What about this? Um, could, could he end up uh, on the team that the Chiefs are playing this weekend next year? Could it be an Oak? I mean, wouldn't that be a, a Raiders move? I think, I think it's possible. I mean, but in reality, okay, you know, he made a big mistake. And you, know, you look at the video, it's not as bad as the Ray video. That one was really terrible. And I'm not, you know, domestic violence is awful. I'm not getting the whole situation of the morality of it. It's terrible. Um, and and but, we don't, I don't want to make it seem like there's different degrees of, like, right, oh, yeah. you know, it's still terrible what right. he did. The point, though, is that, you know, you're going to get the people making the arguments that, you know, this is his career. He's, he deserves a second chance. He's sorry. He can donate money to some cause of some sort of issue, public statement. And people love to, you know, people do love to forgive in yeah. America. That's what America is all about. And so he will get a chance, I think, at redemption, maybe serve a six-game suspension or something like that for violating the domestic violence policy. And, you know, he is, as, you know, our buddy Leroy is proud to say, he's part of a union. He is part of the NFL Players Association, and he does have rights. Uh, and those rights do stipulate that the policy says he gets a six-game suspension, and then he gets the chance to go back on the field. So that's just the way it is. So unless... Unless he comes out and you know it does something even you know just is a complete idiot about it, um, I think he will absolutely get a chance in 2019. And yeah, just don't sue the league. I think is the is the big advice I can give uh, Kareem Hunt if he wants a a job going forward in the NFL. That yeah. would probably be a wise decision. Um, well, and the thing is with Kaepernick, he was like in his, you know he's older and he was like a borderline quality quarterback. If it was Cam Newton or somebody like that, uh, yeah. it would have gotten itself worked out. So well, they, I mean, I, I think there's some parallels here with Michael Vick as well. I mean, look how good he was for a couple of years when he came back, right, uh, for Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that was a, a bad incident as well. So yeah, um, and Vick, you could, argue, you could argue Vick was a lot further along this year and more washed up. Hunt is like a, not even hitting the prime of his career. Twenty three is he? Twenty three? Yeah, whatever it is. I mean, he's a fantastic back. So I mean, he, you know, unfortunately, that's the reality we deal with. Superstar players, just like superstar, whether it's politicians or other people that are involved in issues like this, they find a way to come back usually, but not always, but usually they can. He is not on injured reserve. You can't use him in an IR slot, obviously, David. I haven't even got an email about it for all. If, there you go. If he, well, it's still fresh. If you own him in Dynasty, you're just keeping him around uh, until, until uh, I mean, you're talking about middle mid-2019 at the earliest of this guy coming back. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get full value for him. You have to keep him. I mean, right now there's no trading going on, but once the trading deadline or trading opens up, I think you'll see some deals with Hunt. Hunt will get moved one way or the other. He'll be cutting a few leagues too, I think. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I could see. I, I don't think so in Dynasty. Short bench FFPC? No, I don't think so. Right. I really don't. I okay. really don't think so. And you know, the chat room is wisely talking about how you know Andy Reid, the way he uses backs, he loves to just use and use and use backs and throw to their back. Yep. So wherever he lands, I mean, you know, if he lands in one of those timeshare places, then it's, uh, it could be a different story. It, it could be, uh, and it's definitely a story that we, we're probably going to be putting to bed for 2018, but we'll be talking about it in the offseason for sure. Uh, let's move on from the electric uh, uh, talent of Kareem Hunt to the equally electric talent of Bruce Ellington, uh, who is listed as questionable for the game against the Rams this week, according to Tim 20 Man on Twitter. Which, uh, by the way, Brandon Hakey was saying on Twitter he's going to start Ellington over Deion Lewis, which I think is absurd. But go ahead. Who does Deion Lewis, who does Tennessee have this week? Who cares? He's starting running back for the Titans. Uh, Titans are... They're, they're, they're a favorite. It's like the Jets or something? Yeah, no, they're hosting the Jets. That's exactly what it is. What are they, laying 11? And he would... No, they're laying 8. All right. Um, anyway. Now, he had the same back injury last week. He got seven targets. He caught six of them for a whopping 28 yards. Um, he's had 16 targets over the last two games. I, I think this is... I know there's no Golden Tate. I know there's no Marvin Jones Jr., but, I mean, Bruce Ellington, it, it seems tempting to slip him in at Flax. Look elsewhere. I don't like it. I agree. By the way, Bruce Ellington is very dear to my friends, Kurt and Leroy, because they drafted him not once but twice in, uh, I think it was last year or was it two years ago, Valky? I can't remember which it was, but Ellington two years ago, Ellington was already on IR at the time they drafted him in two FFPCDE leagues, and, uh, yeah, they spent a 20-something round pick. In the and they still won the league. And they didn't. They didn't place it all. No. Well, they spent probably, about two grand on that, so good job, guys. Probably should not have drafted Bruce Ellington. <laughs> um, I will say this. Uh, Brandon Hakey uh, 
is playing for like eight titles in Kentucky this week. He knows what's going on. This is a guy who was all aboard the Kareem Hunt train last year um, and was was drafting him everywhere super late. Uh, really was very fortunate to get him in all the spots he did. He crushed it. So I will. I'll, I wouldn't play Ellington over Lewis, but if Ellington, you know, cuts up the Rams this week as they're um, you know going to be playing from behind, you would think for the majority of the game, it would not surprise me if the outscores Deion Lewis. Yeah, I, I see Stafford getting you know rocked all game long. With, you know, their, the pass protection for them is terrible, and uh, I think the Rams are just going to win show. Let's keep it in Detroit. Carryon Johnson is out uh, against the Rams, according to Dave Burkett on Twitter. Uh, no carry-on Johnson uh, on Sunday, so it's going to be LeGarrette Blount, Theo Riddick, and the guy who just never goes away, Zach Zenner in God, the backfield. I, never, I hope I never have to hear his name again, but here it is. Last week um, in uh, on, on Thanksgiving against the Bears, LeGarrette Blount had 19 carries, 33 snaps. That was a 50% uh, – uh, not snap share, but you know, played 50% of the offensive snaps. Um, LeGarrette Blount, Dave, the Rams' defense is good – uh, but they can be had in, in the running game. Now, here's the thing. Are you going to be able to be in a position for the majority of the game to run the ball to LeGarrette Blount 15-plus times? That no. I'm not sure of. Look at these carries. Um, okay. So you are, not, <laughs> you are not playing him anywhere. Oh, if, nobody, I don't have to, if I don't have to not play Blount, I would, I'd love to play Riddick, though. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, Riddick he, is he's so good at the and, and that's the thing. He's, he's like McCaffrey without the rushes. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, um, and the speed. He, um, and the power. He, uh, and the glory, he will not, um, I mean, he's going to be such a focal point with no Jones and, and no real threat at tight end. Kenny Galladay could be gobbled. I just saw Aqib Tlaib got taken off IR today, so you know he's going to be back. I mean, if, if I'm the Rams defense and Wade Phillips, I'm focusing everything on Kenny Galladay and just letting Theo Riddick beat me underneath, which he probably won't be able to do, but he's going to gobble up like 12, 13, 14 catches. Uh, certainly, um, is possible in in that situation. So yeah, I like Theo Riddick a lot this week as well. God, I hope Kerryon Johnson's back next week. <laughs> really need him to come back. Got a team. Listen, this is not a show for F. A lot of people think, oh, we do this for the players. We we want them to come out and hang out with us in Vegas and and you know showcase all these guys that have great seasons. It's really just a. I, I'm just really looking for an audience to talk about how great my fantasy teams are <laughs> and what I'm personally looking for. Who does, who we can. Uh, we, we're gonna. The two finalists for the show name uh, when we when we launched this podcast eight years ago is either gonna be the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour or Bulky's Corner. And uh, we ended up going with HSFF Hour over Bulky's Corner. You know, we haven't really ever revealed what the, what we really call the show privately amongst ourselves. Uh, it's, we call it the Eric Balkman Show, starring Eric Balkman. So. The inside joke on that is... There's no joke. This is no, there is, no there is a joke on this because um, the, the Twitter that is hooked up to Blog Talk Radio when a, an episode goes out, um, my Twitter account will tweet out, listen to my show that, that just got done. And I think it was Tupacker picked up on it like, oh, it's Balky's show, you know. And, uh, and so then that just took off that like, oh, it's, it's Eric. And then I, you know, obviously when you're not around and I, I have a co-host, I play the Eric Balkman show um, intro music as opposed to our normal intro music mm-hmm. um, to, to play that up even more. So it is Very not nice. my show. It is the FFPC player show. That's the reason we do it. Um, we're, uh, we love it. The boss guy in the chat room. How about Balky's Cornered? <laughs> That's not bad. Might have to look into that. I alluded to this earlier when we were talking to uh, Scott Willis, but Liz Matthews on Twitter uh, posted that Seahawks offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer said he expects Rashad Penny to have a, quote, bigger role this week against the 49ers. Full quote, I expect that he will play well this weekend. Expect that we need to get the running game back going again, and I think he'll be a big part of that. Chris Carson came back from his injury two weeks ago, and he's played 47% in the snaps. He's out-touched Rashad Penny 35-12. to 12. Uh, Mike Davis has gotten 10 touches on 27 total snaps over the last two weeks as well, Dave. If you had a choice between Carson and Penny, I'm still playing Carson. Uh, and I actually, I, in one of my leagues, I think in the Oh My Goodness team, I, I think I have Carson as my flex in there right now, and I feel all right about it. Yeah, I would too, actually. I, I, I think this is a little bit of coach speak. Um, Carson, definitely Carson always gets those goal line carries. They really love to run the ball and suffer right after. If it's a four-yard line, they're going to give it to him two or three times. He almost always... 
you know, that maybe this week he doesn't get a touchdown, but they're a big favorite. He probably has, a, I'd say, has a 75, 80% chance of scoring a touchdown. So I'm definitely starting Carson. And uh, Penny, I would, I would actually, if I had a, if I was desperate, I would actually consider throwing him in as a flex, but that's about it. What do you, can you, uh, I'm going to vamp here for a second while you look up the, uh, the point spread and the total on that Niners-Seahawks game, because I think it's going to be uh, interesting. Uh, 10 and 46. 46 in that game. Wow. I think I'd take the under, but, uh, but that, that, that gives me hope. Um, Mike Davis is nothing, right? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I cut him in a couple of weeks for uh, for Damian Williams tonight. I'm, oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah, what, what the hell? Yeah, um, indeed. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, we still like Carson. I know that that Scott said he liked Rashad Penny uh, this week, and and to his credit, I mean, we asked him like a sleeper that's not going to be in a whole lot of lineups that that you think should be, and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, look at Rashad Penny. This is a guy that uh, Brian Schottenheimer talked up. This is a guy that. Um, was a first-round pick, um, so there is some upside with him uh, as well. I still, for my money, would play Carson over Penny. All right, moving on. Uh, Randall Cobb, one of your favorite players, Dave. The electric playmaking uh, Randall Cobb is listed as questionable this week against Arizona. He got in three limited practice this week. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling was working as the number two receiver, uh, you know, in in his stead uh, while he was hurt. Uh, but he's only gotten five targets, uh, caught two catches uh, for 11 yards over the past two weeks combined. The reason I bring this up, Dave, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe I'm getting too cute. Maybe there's nothing here and I'm just making stuff up, which would certainly not be the first time it's happened. I look at this Arizona defense and I see Patrick Peterson and I see Chandler Jones and not a whole lot else as far as defensive playmakers go. I would imagine that Patrick Peterson would be locked up with Devontae Adams a good portion of the game. If Randall Cobb is healthy, wouldn't you think that he will see a lot of targets now that Aaron Rodgers gets his buddy back? I don't know, man. I, 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 cannot, I cannot press the, the save button with Randall Cobb <laughs> or Marquise Vandless, whatever the hell MBS. is. Spalding. MVS. I can't. Save the lineup with either of those two in it. Yeah. I will find. I put Naheem Hines in there over there, those two. Clubs. Really? Yeah, wow. Forget about it. Wait, even, if, even if Marlon Mack played? Even if Mack played, I'm putting Hines in over those two clubs. Crazy. They're awful. Um, what about uh, Rashad Penny or Randall Cobb? Who, who would you play then? <laughs> I'd play Penny. Cobb is awful. Wow, Penny over Cobb. I gotta dumb this down even further. Did you want to put five on it? No, I don't. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to kind of. It put, I wanted to present this argument because this is the argument for Cobb. Let me ask you this. FFPC premium, tight end premium scoring, Jeff Driscoll tossing the rock around to A.J. Green now this week. Use him up. Yeah, use him up. Use him over Cobb. Sure. Holy hell. I'm, a, I'm, going into the, I'm going into the abyss now. Okay, so in 2018, hang on. Go ahead. All right. All right. Like a, why don't we talk so much about this guy who's so terrible? Peyton Barber or Randall Cobb? Barber. <laughs> Uh, John Brown or Randall Cobb? John Brown has done nothing since Lamar Jackson took over. John Brown. Oh my God. All right, go ahead. Do you have well, something has, to say? You know, he has, okay, he has 26 receptions on 250, or, uh, 258 yards and one touchdown. And that includes week one where he was 9 for 142 in a touchdown. Since then, 2, 3, 4, and 5 he played. He went 4 for 30, 4 for 22, 4 for 40, 5 for 24. And he's missed every game since then. He sucks. Max, let's go on. All right, I have two more for you. Devin Funches or Randall Cobb? Funches. Chris Thompson. Well, Thompson's playing Thompson. All right. I really thought I'd be able to find somebody that you would say Cobb over. How about how I'm about sure there's somebody? How about this one? How about the Bills' number one receiver, Kelvin Benjamin or Randall Cobb? Oh, that's no. Now we're getting close. All right. Now we're <laughs> now we're in that area. Like Zay Jones or Randall Cobb. Like that, those are the the coin flips. Yeah. Like god awful players. Zay Jones has actually been outperforming Kelvin Benjamin the last few weeks. That's true. I might I'd probably start Zay Jones. Yeah, I would probably start Cobb over Benjamin okay. because I think he's pretty, pretty bad. Uh, last Let's one. This Let, is I, I know. This, no one's starting I know. That. I'm doing this to, to, for, my own, for my own personal benefit God, now. This is bad. The currently listed as doubtful Danny Amendola <laughs> or Randall Cobb. Which one are you playing? Uh, I'll start Deuce McAllister. All right. All right. And, then, and then the last one from the chat room, Tupacker, Cobb or Gurley. Two Packers. Can we disconnect? <laughs> Can we mute his chat? Mute his chat somehow? Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. I think we got our fill of that. Let's move on to your tweets, your emails, Hopefully your questions. Go to the bathroom during that. Here, yes, here on Fantasy Feedback. Tweet, 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 tweet. Give 
you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakeFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakeFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Every chickadee, every little bird in the tall old tree. Got a bunch of emails, David. It's league championship weekend. I don't know if I've mentioned that already. Uh, actually, well, I have about nine times on the show. Yep, all the, all the league championship people that lost punt can now put in Randall Cobb. Put him in there. Get him in your flex. I wonder if he's been 12 targets. He's going to go 7 for 110 and a touchdown, maybe 2. I wonder if, that's, if anybody's actually going to be forced to do that now. <laughs> My next best guy is Randall Cobb. Thank God he came back in time. I sure hope so. I know there's one league where I just started a lot of land over. Now it comes out, so I just started landing. Yeah. I really want to. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, move on here and uh, try to help people win some cash. Uh, moving to Crane Lake, Minnesota, and we're going to talk to Kevin. Is sitting LaShawn McCoy in favor of Josh Adams getting too cute? I need the dub to go to the playoffs. Thanks so much, guys. That's Kevin in Crane Lake, Minnesota. So Kevin obviously – uh, is not in league title weekend. He is trying to get to the playoffs. Dave, Josh Adams is hosting the Redskins on Monday Night Football. LaShawn McCoy is at Miami. It's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. Would you play Adams over McCoy this week? Yeah, yeah I would. Really? Yeah, they're a home favorite. Okay. He came like, I think it was 22, uh, 22 rushes last week. Uh, over under 6 and 45. They're, you know, they really like the guy. McCoy's not been that good. They're a 3.5-point dog. The total is only 40. Oh, wow. The Buffalo and Miami, they're both really good defenses. Actually, yeah. you'd be okay starting either one of those as defenses, especially in Kentucky where low scores matter. That game could be a 17-13 type game. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Adams is the play. Uh, I, I think Adams is the play over McCoy. It is not being too cute was the, uh, was the question. Um, Josh, okay, this is Dean in Omaha. Josh Gordon against the Vikings or Larry Fitzgerald against your stumbling Packers, guys? Which one do you like there? And... Um, by the way, that game's in Foxborough, and the game is in Lambeau. So both these guys are playing at home. Um, Gordon, obviously, uh, catching passes as, the, I guess, the number two receiver for New England uh, behind Edelman. And then uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, excuse me, Larry Fitzgerald, this is an away game. He goes to Lambeau. He is catching passes from Josh Rosen as the number one receiver. Which one are you playing? I'll take the guy catching passes from Tom Brady <laughs> well, versus Josh Rosen. Yeah, okay. I, I think I can get on board with that. Fitzgerald's been kind of hit or miss, but mostly miss this season. Uh, he actually – I had him in a bunch of spots this year, and I felt really good about it because he's my number three – I was drafting as my number three receiver, and it just has not worked out this season. Well, you know, Fitz has come on since Leftwich took over, and he's been getting targets. He actually has caught a touchdown or maybe even two uh, recently. He's, he's performing all right, but, he, you know, he's – I think last week he only had a few catches. Well, but was wasn't it last week where he had? I got was excited because I saw. Him, yeah, I saw him like, oh, sweet, Fitz, two touchdowns. Ah, oh, two catches. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, it's just the quarterback play is not as good. I, I, you know, Gordon's you know, you know, Gronk's back. Gordon still gets some targets. I mean, there are a ton of weapons there, and that's the difference. That is the difference. Is there's not a lot of weapons. And I wouldn't actually feel that bad about starting Fitz in general. Right. Uh, I, but I do lean to Gordon just to, and not by a ton actually. I'd find a bit though. Let me ask you this. Let's say Fitz decides to come back for another year, and he's going to play in 2019. Obviously, Josh Rosen will be his quarterback. Would you draft him in a in a different spot than where he went this year? In other words, yeah, of course. You would draft him way further down. Uh, yeah, he. I mean, whether it's he he has not proven to be the value. You know, he was being drafted pretty early this year, and he was right. not even proven to be close to where he was being drafted. I guess my point. By the way, I was wrong on that. I thought this was another great year. So, I guess my point my point was this he's catching passes from a rookie quarterback. Right. So, he'll, like he'll the, be better. Yeah. But it's not enough for you to like him near the Well he's, he's, getting, fact, to the point, you, he's getting to the point where it's like really getting old. And, and I guess you wouldn't necessarily have to pick him in that spot either because he will tumble. So you could get him later. Get him as like your fourth receiver. That'd be all right. Yeah, fourth, fourth yeah. and fifth. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so I would just said around eight or nine and said yes later. So. Yeah. Okay, there you go. John in Springfield, Mass. Dear Dave and Balky, Uzuma is, is it Uzuma, Uzoma? Who cares? My, my co-host on the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show did, did an Uzuma. Oh, 
Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm like... Yeah. What, shows, what channel is that show? Uh, that's on 95.3 in Appleton, <laughs> 99.1 in Oshkosh, Dave. Of course, if you prefer the AM radio station, it's uh, AM 1570. You can also go to thescorewi.com or download the Score mobile app and listen live on that. We do the show at 4.56 every Thursday, and uh, we have three more shows before the end of the season, and uh, then we'll, uh, that'll, that'll be it until August. Uh, anyway, John at Springfield, Mass. Yuzuma is getting the targets, but he, is he going to get enough with Greenback this week to make him a better start over Trey Burton taking on the Bears? Well, Trey Burton is not taking on the Bears, to my knowledge. He's taking on the Giants. Uh, Trey Burton taking on the Bears. Appreciate everything you guys do. That is John in Springfield, Massachusetts. So, Dave, which one are you playing? Is it Yuzuma or is it Trey Burton this week? Uh, I would play uh, Trey Burton. <laughs> you don't sound like you like that. I don't like either one. I don't. I don't. Driscoll or whatever the hell his name is. Jeff Driscoll. I'm not. I guess I don't really like either one of these. I mean, if you got to play one of them, Trey Burton has been like, he is touchdown dependent, and I don't necessarily think that Yuzuma is. I also. I think I mentioned this earlier in the show. I'm, I don't think that AJ Green is going to come in and let the set the world on fire right away. Uh, I know he was close to playing last week. I don't know, dude. I think I might lean toward Yuzuma over over Burton this week. Not going to put five on it, but, but I think I like Yuzuma uh, better than Burton. And I've had Burton on a couple of my teams, and he's let me down. Maybe that's what it is. Of course, I have Yuzuma on a couple of my teams, and he's been letting me down too, so you never know. Uh, hey, Johnny and Brett. This is Andy in Norcross, Georgia. I drafted Aaron Rodgers early, but have been riding the coattails of the dude I drafted to back him up for most of the season, Andrew Luck. Should I still play Luck again this week against the Jags with Rodgers getting the Cardinals at Lambeau? Thank you for the email. Andy in Norcross, Georgia. Dave, you have Luck, you have Rodgers. Which one are you starting this week with everything on the line? All right, give me un momento, por favor. I will give you un momento, por favor. <laughs> you know, and I'll actually give you more than a moment here because I did see in the chat, um, yeah, uh, Wasp Guy, Dave and Balky, most brilliant sleeper this weekend league championships at stake. Well, here's the thing. You shouldn't have to really – and Michael Cobb actually made this comment on, on the road of his high-stakes lowdown. You shouldn't have to count necessarily on sleepers uh, at, at this point because if you've gotten this far, your lineup should be loaded. Um, if you're looking for, you know, somebody to toss in there uh, and, and just, you know, really kind of hope for the best, um, and I'm going deep here, Jalen Richard could catch a pile of passes against Kansas City. I think he's a guy – uh, to look at Marlon Mack. I'm not necessarily too worried about the Jaguars defense. Uh, hint, hint at, at the answer to my question, or the answer, my answer to this question that from the listener right now. I think Marlon Mack is a guy that you should get in your lineups. Um, we'll talk about the Jaguars running backs in a little bit. Uh, Theo Riddick, I think Dave and I have, have both already alluded to that we really like uh, quite a bit this week. I think Chris Carson is an interesting guy. Um, I, you know, and then you get higher, like, you know, the Tariq Cohen, the Nick Chubbs, you should be playing those guys anyway. So I don't really, Kern, I don't have a great sleeper for you, but knowing how well you've been doing this year, you shouldn't have to count on any great sleepers, uh, in your leagues, uh, because you are so loaded there. Dave, your thoughts, Luck versus Rogers. Well, I'm going to go with Luck, actually, which is weird because I don't really, if I, if it's close, I generally prefer a home quarterback versus a road quarterback and Luck is on the road. Uh, Rodgers, though, is a 14-point favorite. They don't really have much to play for anymore, even though Rodgers is pretending they have a shot at the playoffs. It's like a 3% shot, according to 538.com. Yeah. They have almost no shot. Um, uh, the Colts are only a four-point favorite, oddly enough, against the Jaguars. So that could actually end up being a kind of close-ish game, a little more competitive than people sometimes think. And I, just, I feel like the talent that Luck is throwing to is better. And Luck is completing 76% of his passes over the past five weeks, averaging almost nine yards in attempt. That's pretty damn really awesome. That's really I mean, and like I told all you guys, his shoulder thing was nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you listen Don't to Dave. Don't listen to any of the old shows. You listen to Dave Gerzak in the preseason. He was telling everybody <laughs> and their mother to draft Andrew Luck early because he's going to have a banana season. Jalen Ramsey, by the way, uh, might miss this game too, so that would even be better for yeah. Luck. I'm he with and you. His mouth will miss the game. Uh, yeah, exactly. I am with you on Luck over Rogers. That's who I would be playing. I will defend the honor of my friend to be in the future, Aaron Rodgers. If you watch that, now when you say Aaron Rodgers is pretending they have a shot, what are you basing that on? What's that again? You said Aaron Rodgers is pretending the Packers have a shot at the class. What are you basing that on? Well, uh, various websites like uh, Football Outsiders or 538.com, uh, they project. No, no, no. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying like, like, what are you basing it on that, that Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers was saying something like right. how many games, how many 
well, we have to be 15 Right, right, right. Seconds. Go ahead. That, you have something of a joke. I just, it's not a joke. <laughs> this is legit. I, I, did you read what he said, or did you watch him say it? To be honest with you, I, I heard you imitating. Okay. And, <laughs> I, I didn't hear the actual word. And, and that, I think, is the difference, because I was talking to my co-host on, on the show with Leo and Balky this week, and he did not see Rogers say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the um, in the press conference, he just read what somebody said. Well, what needs to happen? And Roger said, "We got to beat these guys. We got to go home, beat these guys, and you know, on the road, beat the." And if you watch him say it, it was it was like the Nixon Kennedy uh, debate, where if you saw it on TV, you thought Kennedy won, but if you listened to it on the radio, you thought Nixon won. The way he was saying this, he, he was kind of he had this sheepish grin on his face, and it to me it seemed like he was almost embarrassed to say it, like. Yeah, we're in this position, and this is this is all we have to do to win. Like I think he was like, kind of not that he was saying it sarcastically, but saying like, yeah, this is all we have to do. But really, it's going to be really, really, really difficult to do. So I, I will just say that I don't think he's. I think he's a he's a realist. He understands that you know literally everything has to go right. But again, nobody cares uh, about this. Uh, really. Football outsiders, the odds of making the playoffs are fourteen point four percent. I think five thirty eight had it at six percent. Yeah, I mean, they really needed to win one of these, one of the last five games, or they really needed to win two of the last five games, and they only won one against Miami. Um, that was unfortunate. Jeff in Southfield, Michigan. Thanks to Leonard Fournette screwing me in my dynasty league, I can only play one between Hyde and Yeldon to go with Aaron Jones this week, as I need a big score to win a tiebreaker to get into the playoffs. Which Jaguar do I go with? Love your show. That is Jeff in Southfield, Michigan. Jeff, we love it when you contact us with questions. You can only play one. Go ahead. What was it? So, uh, let's do the question first. He's right, playing down. Aaron Jones as number one running back. Great, good job. He can't play Fournette because he's suspended. Right. It's a dynasty league, so he has both Yeldon and Hyde. Which Jaguars running back is he playing? Yeah, this is pretty easy. You start Yeldon. He's a pass-catching back. He has a higher floor, and it's just as good of a ceiling. Hyde kind of sucks. Now, it's interesting you say that. There's plenty of, of advice sites out there that have Hyde over Yeldon. Cool, cool. That's bad. Five bucks. No, because I'm with you on this. And <laughs> I've been defending Yeldon all week, I feel like. He's the pass-catcher. I don't I, – I mean, like, what, what's Hyde going to – is he going to get goal line? I mean, Yeldon is not a small guy. He can get goal line, too. I, I, I don't uh, – Hyde's a volume guy, and I think um, he might get the carries, but Yeldon is going to get the catches. And when it comes to catches – Oh, What were you going to say? What if you're – what if you have a pretty awesome team? You're like, oh, you just won your semifinal. Your running backs are Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and Kareem Hunt. Those are like the three. Yikes. <laughs> They're all gone. Unbelievable. I mean, heading into today at 2 o'clock today, you're like, I can't believe I lost Fournette for a stupid suspension of fighting. Gordon got hurt, but at least, at least I have fun. You know, we took a lot. And now of, you yeah. are screwed. And now you're screwed, yeah. And, and then, you know who gets playing? CFFPC. Oh, no question. <laughs> um, I mean, you guys should have told us this was coming. Can I put the Fournette Don't tell me you guys didn't see that video. We knew you saw that video. You, held, you withheld that. Um... It's some guy, we took a lot of phone calls this week on the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show, and a lot of them were upbeat, happy, and then some guy called in just super depressed, and we're like, you know what's going on? He's like, well, you know, I, my season was going great. I was set up to, to really, um, you know, do some damage this last week. I needed a win to get into the playoffs, but it seemed like a foregone conclusion. My team was loaded. Um, but my starting two running backs are Leonard Fournette and Melvin Gordon. Oh, man. And, uh, I just, mean, you have to have depth, but it's just, you can't replace it. But, but that's a, he was playing in like a 14-teamer or something. Oh, He's like, yeah, there's just door. nothing out there. I, I mean, I can't – and I don't remember what his, what his options were, but they were, they were really, really bad. Um, like, I think Josh uh, – or Jackson, Josh Jackson. Justin Jackson w- was out there, and I'm like, well, I, you know, I guess you can pick him up, dude, but you got to <laughs> – Temper expectations here because it ain't going to go the way you want it to go on Sunday. Yeah, yeah I, I, would, I would have told him to focus on other elements of his life. There's got to be some other things going right. Like huh? listening to the show. Um, <laughs> uh, the Trophy <laughs> Fantasy Football Show. Something. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's other. Uh, Moving there's, on to the next year. Yes, exactly. Um, Is there a second place problem? <laughs> Bear Sox. Ray in Hartford, Connecticut wraps things up this week on the show. Help me out in my flex, guys. Theo Riddick versus the Rams or Tyler Lockett versus the Niners. Yeah, like, this is easy. Riddick, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, Lockett is – they are polar opposite players. Riddick is going to get a ton of catches. Um, Lockett probably will not get a ton of catches. Lockett probably has a better chance at a touchdown. I don't even know if that's necessarily true. But the, the sheer volume of catches that Riddick should get in a game where Matthew Stafford is probably going to have to throw it 40-plus times, 
I think you got to get him in your lineup. Yeah, even if you have a super, even if you need like a really big score, I'd still go with Riddick. Oh, is that it? I thought yeah, that's not much more to it. Okay, all right. I, it seemed like you were going to say more. That's fine. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it uh, for our show. Oh, real quick before we end it. Um, I don't, I don't Watch, the question. Yeah, no, time. Watch Guy just posted in the chat. I, Wilkins RB1 for him. Is he an RB1? No, he's not RB1. I'm not sure. I, I, Watch Guy, if you could clarify, we are clearly not thinking on an Ivy League professor level here. <laughs> it is late on a Friday night. Dave and I have had a, a couple of adult beverages, and we are, we are not thinking clear. Oh, you haven't? I don't know. Okay. I don't admit this stuff on the air, Mark. I admit it on the air. I have insurance. All the time. Um, I want to thank uh, Scott Willis, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and each and every one of you. I do want to make special mention of this. Jim Seipel, Dave. Jim Seipel is the 2014 Football Guys Players Championship champion. Won $300,000 that year. Had him on the show. Great guy. He's touring the uh, United States, going to all these ballparks. Uh, he and I are going to get together for a Brewers game uh, one, of these, uh, one of these years <laughs> since then. We've, we said we were going to, and it just hasn't worked out. Um, I found out this week he is actually in the hospital right now uh, awaiting a heart transplant. Wow. Yeah, so big, serious stuff for him. I know he is still paying very close attention to the, uh, to the FFPC season. He has a team in competition in the Terminator, and I just wanted to say on the show this week that uh, best wishes go out to him, and uh, we hope he pulls through just fine, and uh, we'll be back before he knows it. Uh, you know, setting lineups and, and, and what have you. So, Jim, we, we are thinking about you, and uh, best of, uh, best of uh, luck, best wishes there uh, for you, sir. For sure. We will be back live next week, ladies and gentlemen, at 10, 9 Central. Our guest will be the 26th place team in the FFPC main event. It is Adrian Quintana. He is going to join us next week, talk about his team there, as uh, it will be sprint time next week, my friend. Yeah, three, cool, three weeks ago. Oh, like fantastic it. name, yeah. It very well, it very well might be. Michael Cobb on the high stakes uh, lowdown, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Check that out. A lot of good stuff. Good luck in week 13. And main event, the FPC Championship Games. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. About to call your ass Uber, I got somewhere to be. I hear fairy tales about how they gon' run up on me. Well, run up when you see me, then we gon' see. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies. Got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy. Trying to take away. So Kern was saying, I don't know if you saw this, Dave. Kern was saying Jordan Wilkins... Um, for the guy who lost both Gordon and Fournette in the 14-teamer, that'd be another guy. Yeah, that could be uh, another desperation play. I should have had Kern. Uh, I, I should be like texting. Jacqueline Rogers would be another one that's a really Oh, yeah. Guy yeah he'd be an interesting guy. Um, I should have Kern. Like, t- I should be texting him when I'm on the show, so I'm not actually giving out my own horrible advice. I should be giving <laughs> out what Kern said. Kern has a team, by the way, that's doing very, very well in the Football Guys Players Championship, at least one. Oh, really? Yeah. He should come on the show. One of these days, I think we'll get... Hudson Kern Reeve <laughs> on these airwaves. He's been ducking us for a while. He can only. Uh, That's not very nice. He can. If he really likes us, dude, come on. Oh, he loves us, and I if think he that, knows he really did love us. Oh, I see what you're doing there. He sees <laughs> yeah, manipulation. He's an Ivy League professor. He's gonna see through your psychology 101 BS, Dave. He doesn't get what I'm talking about. Good luck in your uh, championship games, everybody. I, I hope the ball bounces your way this weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>